Yo, 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 this your boy DT on DT's Unfiltered Uncensored. Today I got a special show I'm doing dedicated to, to me. I feel like the best team in the NBA, unfortunately, they got eliminated last night, the Milwaukee Bucks. And I got one of my fellow coaches, one of the top teams in the state of Georgia. He got out here on Team Hype, um, badass team, and he's an amazing coach. Welcome to the show, Coach AD. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. No problem, man. No problem. Now, I definitely brought you in here because I know you know you talk a lot about sports and you coach the sport. And I know we both are um, Milwaukee Bucks fan. I think you are from uh, up north, correct, Wisconsin? Yes, sir. I'm from Milwaukee. Yes, sir. Okay, so you born and raised. So I'm 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 just a, I'm a fan by 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 a different state, but you born and raised there. Tell me how real quick before we get into how's life how's how's life different from Georgia to um Milwaukee. So first off, I, I, I actually I'm born in Georgia. Okay. I was raised in Milwaukee. I moved there when I was three, so I claim it as home. I learned everything that I got from uh, Milwaukee, and it's just it's it's a lot to me. It's a lot closer fit, closer family uh, orient orientated in Milwaukee. You know, you don't have to go too far to get to family houses you know how georgia is so spread out around the corner is 30 minutes milwaukee around the corner is really around the corner right, right. uh it's it's you know it's it's not what they perceive it as i know a lot of people from you know outside of wisconsin see milwaukee or hear milwaukee and think about green bay and it's the most opposite town of Green Bay that you can have. Milwaukee's pretty much uh, black dominant. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, feel good things you got in Milwaukee. It's just a lot slower pace than it is out here in Atlanta. But it, you know, it made me who I am. I, you know, miss it, but I don't regret the move. Uh, I'm glad I've been here. I've been here since I was 15. Uh, so I've been here about 15 years now. So everything, has been great, so that's that's the Milwaukee piece of it. Yeah, yeah everything definitely been great for you because your your AAU team kicking ass around here. So hey, hey, you doing I appreciate the, it? You, yes, you're doing sir. the right thing. So let's get into the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's first before we get into the playoffs, how did you feel about the regular season? How did you? Uh, I mean, what were some ups and downs? What was your what was your take on the whole regular season? I, I, you know, honestly, just watching it because I kind of stayed in tune with the Bucks a lot more this season than I have in the previous years. Just off of you know the winning, the championship, and really want to see how we rebounded. Honestly, for me, I don't think we ever hit that best team in the league stride at all during the season. I think they really played a little chill role i think you know we had our ups and downs with everything you know like i like you said with the minutes and everything all players that they use or players that they shouldn't have used uh, i think they just you know i think they i feel like Giannis got better i agree i, feel I definitely like agree Giannis put in the work to get better i believe pat Connaughton got better 
but you know, for me, it was a lot. I thought Bobby had a great first start of the season, and then you know, it's kind of like not saying that uh, it was his fault, but I feel like you know, Brooke Lopez came back, and it's like forget whatever Bobby was doing and put him back on the bench and let his minutes go down when, you know, I was one of the few people I don't know about you, but I felt like Bobby had an all-star first half of the season uh, or right on that close to getting a nod. And I felt like it got to change when Brooke Lopez came back. And I agree with you. I do think he had a um, great first half season, like all-star. I really do. I think he did, but we, I mean, everybody kind of knew when Brooke come back, it's like, that, that's his spot. Just like, if you, I, I look at like, just depends how you coach team on hype. I, I see that. Mm-hmm. And if you had, uh, let's say you had to go to the hospital, had her surgery and you was out for a couple of weeks, your team was doing, still doing good and busting the ass. But when they come back, it's coach AD. That's his team. He 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 got that spot back. Just because y'all won this tournament and won that tournament. It's still this man team. He still was the head yeah. coach before. So I mean, I I understand both parts. I know I know it probably killed Bobby inside, but I mean, I mean, we had it. He's seven what seven one seven two. I, I told yeah. him to Brooke Lopez. So it's even though sometimes he could be a liability, but for the most part, it's like who besides the um Boston who actually kind of shut him down. I don't know too many people in the mm-hmm. league, they got a five that can't actually shut Brooke down. But I have seen people kind of get in on Bobby Porter's head, which to me, I'm going to say about Bobby Porter, I like him, but his mouth sometimes goes too far, and he don't know when to just shut up and chill to me. And he got too many tits and stupid files for absolutely no reason this year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think he his emotions – you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And, you know, when you're one of those players that, you know, such a hype guy for the crowd, you, it, you know, he goes into the uh, team and, you know, he goes into the lane with the Draymond Greens, the P.J. Tuckers, where their energy is more than their productivity. And I think Bobby plays great. I thought he was good in New York and in Chicago. Uh, but I think the role that he played with the Bucks was the emotion guy, you know, especially losing PJ. Uh, he f- went into his role, you know, wanted to be that dog role for us uh, and just had them boys playing harder and being that emotional leader. I think that that that's what Bobby role was more of this year than any other year. How do you feel about us letting PJ go? Uh, you know what, for me, at first, I hated it. At first, I really did. I wasn't a big fan of it. I thought, you know, that's one of the key pieces that they should have kept uh, during, you know, I honestly, I think at the time, I, I would have kept PJ over Bobby at the time. Right. Uh, but when you think about it, I feel like PJ did what he was supposed to do by leaving that dog mentality to the guys where, you know, I feel like they played with that little edge this year. Uh, I think they all did. So I think he did a good job of giving it to him. Uh, the productivity that he would have brought, I, I think we could got that from anybody. So the basketball player, P.J. Tucker, I was cool with uh, losing 
it was the emotional side, the leader, the, you know, always have Giannis back that it kind of, we miss, especially, I think we kind of missed it a little bit against Boston too. Right. I definitely agree on that. Um, I'm going to say, I'm in the same group with you. I was a little upset when we let him go. Then I thought about like the, the uh, long, like the full see looking like the long run, looking for like the full couple years, PJ getting to the end of the line of his career. So yeah. I see the reason why they kept Bobby. Now, plus Bobby is a um, fan favorite up in um, Milwaukee, as I see. Um, mm-hmm. So I understand why they did. I was disappointed, but I originally, I'm going to say, I, I, after a while, like halfway through probably about December, I said, okay, I think we did a good job. I think we were still doing a good job who we picked up. So I, mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't too mad no more after that, but I was disappointed at the beginning of the season. So um, my question, so um, how do you feel about Milwaukee bringing back Wesley Matthews? So it's kind of, it's kind of, that, that one is like a little tough for me because I remember watching Wesley play in uh, Milwaukee when he was in high school. Uh, he went to school at, at Madison. I want to say Madison Memorial or something like that. But I got to see him play against a team called Tulsa East where they had a stud named Jerry Smith that went to uh, Louisville. Uh, but so for him, it, that that's always a soft spot for me because I like Wesley. I like what he brings. But for me, I honestly was like, we didn't win when he was here. We won when he was gone. Why bring back somebody that, you know, didn't really, you know, he, he played the, basically the same way he did in, you know, the first stint when he was with us. You know, he played that 3 and D role. We needed him to score. He really couldn't score. And it kind of hit hurt us again, this playoffs. Him and uh, George Hill. Yeah, we're going to definitely touch on those that topic <laughs> soon. So, um... What was the other question? It was another question I had about the um something happened during the regular season. I'm, I'm I lost track on that. So real quick, let's jump. Oh, the Dante. Oh yeah, that yeah. trade. Yeah. So that one, that Dante one kind of hurt me. I felt like that was another guy that we missed, and it felt like you know the Bucks picked Pat Connaughton over. Uh, Dante, uh, you know, for them to trade him to Sacramento, basically both times where they were trading them, it, it kind of felt like they were cool with Pat being that guy uh, off the bench over Dante. And I think I think Dante brought a little different, you know, swag to the game that not not saying that Pat can't do, but it's not Pat. Like Dante reminds me of another Tyler hero, you know, could go get the bucket but could shoot but can't get to the basket uh and he defend i think he defend a little bit better than pat did uh dante but i think the bucks realized that you know if we kept him in the role that we had him in we were gonna have to pay him uh more than that's what i heard i heard that's the reason why they let him go yeah but um i was a i was a little cut off guard on that i was kind of disappointed but you know, on the other point, I'm going to tell you the reason why I was okay with it because 
at that point, Grayson Allen was actually doing something. So I was <laughs> like, okay, so I'm good with it because I knew how how well Grayson was performing at the beginning of the season. I said, oh, um, on Dante, he ain't getting no starting spot back. He go, he take, he taking a bench role. He ain't gonna start because Grayson yeah. doing a damn good job. But we'll get to that later on. But that's the reason why I said, okay, Grayson doing his job as a player. So boom. So nah, I'm good with the. Um, then we picked the surge. So I was kind of happy with that. We gonna talk about that soon too. I was happy with the surge things. So I was like, okay, cool. At least surge could give us that presence on the inside. Now I remember what I want to ask you also. How do you feel about us picking up DeMarcus Cousins and letting him go? I hated it. Oh, which one? Picking I him hate, up or letting him I go? I hated us letting him go. Yes. I thought I thought he was the perfect. I thought he was the P.J. Tucker role that could actually get buckets. I think he was going to be, you know, Giannis guy. But I really think, if I'm being, I, I don't think Giannis like playing with him. Really? Uh, I, I I watched a few games and I saw the way like Giannis would get upset with him on like simple things like just reading the body language. Uh, I could see uh, it just wasn't a natural fit. I think he was getting buckets and then doing everything he needed to do in that uh, role. But I also liked the Greg Monroe. I thought Greg Monroe played better than uh, we expected. I think. The Bucks just was trying to fill in people for the Brook Lopez until he got back. But I think when you had a DeMarcus, you had that toughness. You had a person that could go get his own bucket. And I think, you know, DeMarcus has a real bad stigma around him. And all the kid want to do is hoop. Uh, and he's just very passionate about hooping. And it sucks that, you know, nobody's really, you know, believing that he can do it anymore. And I, Cause I think DeMarcus could still help anybody in this league. Well, he went to, um, he went to the Denver Nuggets and he was doing a good job over there. And that's when I got pissed. I'm like, okay, he still, he come out the bench. He coming up behind the Joker and he showing off. I said, why we let him go? See, I didn't know it was the youngest name, but you might see something I didn't see. I thought it was more of coach Bud. I thought coach Bud didn't just want to coach him. I felt like it, yeah. I felt like coach Bud was, like, nah, even though he's helping, nah, I don't, we don't need him. But I felt like he, to me, now, I love Surge, but I would take um, DeMarcus over Surge. I love that, Surge. But it was like, you know, here or there, but, you know, it's just like I felt like we should have kept them, um, kept, gave him that spot. Um, But they, I guess they thought they knew best, and in the long run, we didn't. So let's touch on the first round of the playoffs. Do you think, let me ask you, do you think we purposely lost that late, uh, last game of the season so we're going to have to play on um, Brooklyn? Or do you think it was just a roll of a die and we just, we lost because we didn't have no starters? Or what? How you feel about that? You think uh, it purpose? I honestly feel like we did it on purpose. I think uh, just, just being smart. I mean, just being smart, you know, last year it went seven games, you know, and the luck of the draw, you know, it ended up being, something that really didn't play it too much a factor in our seeding. I mean, we were going to play Boston or the Nets either way. Uh, I think they did lose on purpose. Uh, I think not saying they were avoiding them, but, you know, if you got an easier way to go, take the easiest way. At the end of the day, you got to win 16 games. Uh, and you were going to see Boston or the Nets regardless. Uh, I think that 
it was luckily for me, I honestly felt like that first round, it was Chris Middleton getting hurt kind of helped the Bucks in that first round because I think they were playing very stagnant and just going through the motions. Definitely agree. I felt like that's what it kept the Bulls in every game. You know, they were just out there playing. Like, at the end of the day, and I told a lot of people, like, they know they could beat the Bulls. So they wasn't going to give everything they had, and I thought that would hurt us against a Brooklyn or a Boston if, you know, we were healthy going into that game and that series go to two. I mean, go to six games, you know, because you're just playing around. But I think, you know, Chris Middleton going down in a long scheme of things, it really, really hurt uh, us against Boston a lot more. Even with winning those games, it, it was a hard three wins. Uh, and Chris Middleton, I feel like, would have made it easier on everybody. Drew wasn't, wouldn't had, because a lot of people say Drew had a horrible series, and I feel like Wait, real quick, before, before, day, before, we touch the Boston, before, before we yeah. touch the Boston one, did you feel like if Chris Middleton never went down, we went more than five games? We go what? If you if Chris Middleton never got injured, do you think it would have went more than five? I think then we beat them four to one. They only won one game against us, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you think it so? Was- before the four to playoffs, I had I had the Bulls winning one game. I felt like Demar Rose the Rosen was gonna do what he did, get them one. Uh, so I I, I still don't think even though the way they were playing, because you five. said they were real stagnant and they were like not really like like I, they would they were disappointing me. Like Drew and um Chris were disappointing me. And I think it was the game one how they played. So I mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt do you feel like they were gonna it could have possibly went to like a game six if they would have continued playing like that. Yeah, I I I think it, it was treading treading towards the game six. Uh, I think it was, but I think like I think they I felt like the Bucks how they've been playing every day every game is you know especially with the Bulls. You know, you go 16-1 and one or whatever the last two years against the Bulls. You're not focused on them, and you know you could beat them. So I think they just, you know, you know how that goes. Like an AAU weekend, you see a team that you know had no business playing against you, and you play down to the competition. I yes. think that's how the uh, Bucks play that series. I definitely agree on that. So as far as now, the second round, we run into Kryptonite. What what do you think? Let's go. What do you think was our main issue in this season? I know. I mean, this series. I know one with Chris. So we're gonna take Chris out of the equation. Do you think it was coaching? Do you think it was the players? Do you think it was a mix of both? Uh, I think, I think when you give NBA players, so I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go and say coaching. Uh, when you give NBA players wide open practice shots, it's you know it's disrespectful. You know, to me, it's disrespectful. Like Grant Williams, you know, he shoots the ball. He's not a perfect shooter or a great shooter, but you leave anybody open, they're gonna start hitting. So I think Coach Bud has to realize that that drop coverage defense has to change. 
you know, it's been regular season times. I watch the Bucks. Any playoff games, I watch the Bucks, and that drop coverage is just so bad. You know, we living and dying by the three, but and just like last night, you live and die by the three in their own gym. It's probably the stupidest thing you could ever do, uh, just because you they're professionals. And it worked in the first quarter, but after the first quarter, our offense was just so bad and stagnant that, you know, you kept giving them a chance to keep on hitting. And for me, it just was, it wasn't, that defense has to change, uh, but it does start with Coach Bud. Uh, he has to figure it out or figure somewhere else to go, which I don't think will be happening anytime soon. Only I could pray for that. Um, I'm going to go with you on that. I think a lot had to do with coaching. Um, players definitely into it, but it was a lot to do with coaching because I felt like the rotation, the starting lineup was horrible. The rotation was horrible, especially in games uh, seven. It was absolutely atrocious. Um, Coach Bud, uh, expression says a lot. Like, I don't know what the F I'm doing sometimes on the uh, sideline. Um, I felt like he didn't make no adjustments even when he called timeout. It was like, you call timeout and y'all doing the same exact thing. So where's the adjustments? We're not contesting, really contesting three-pointers shot. We still let them take shots. And it was just going off, and it was like, it was helpless. And I, I just seen the frustration on Giannis' face. Like, we got to do something. We I, I can't do everything. Then people's shots wasn't dropping like game five. Oh my God, game five. I'm no game six. I'm talking game six when um was it it was Grayson Allen, Matthews, and Brooke Lopez had a total of 13 points, all four together. That was horrendous. That's mm-hmm. that you you can't win a game when three of your starters can't even hit double digits mm-hmm. as individually. And then you got someone come out of the bench, i.e. George Hill, who shouldn't even be on the roster. Who zero points, one rebounds, and five fouls in almost twenty some minutes? Why is he even touching the floor with that? Um, you have a, a PJ Tucker that one you would want to play a defense like that with no points. We can expect that PJ Tucker. We know what he what he going to do. But George Hill is an under a, a small guard guarding Jason Tatum and got five fouls, only one rebound, having scored. Then you got Grayson Allen, who I don't think is ready for the big spotlight no more. He proved that. He proved to me that he is a good role player off the bench, not starting. And I felt like, in my eyes, I felt like at game seven, it should have been Brooke, Giannis, Portis, um, Drew, and hell, I'm going to be honest with you, hell, probably Pat Connaughton. Because mm-hmm. what, uh, what's, his, uh, what's his name wasn't doing nothing? Um, 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 Matthew, yes. Matthew, yeah, Wesley wasn't doing anything. And Grayson wasn't doing anything. Then when I watched the game yesterday, which really, really is Really, really pissed me off. He a sub Grayson out, and then two minutes later, I see Grayson at the table again. I'm like, why are you putting him back in? He's not doing nothing. They know how to play him. I always tell him like this one that I tell my players, and I don't know if you tell your player like this. When we playing defense, you got to make the ball handler uncomfortable. If he's comfortable, mm-hmm. he gonna be able to do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to. He gonna be able to make the right passes. Do we want to, but you make him uncomfortable, he ain't gonna be able to get that pass off to the person he wants to. He gonna be on try to um, scramble and do stuff. And that's what they did with Grayson. 
they made him feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable and he could never get a shot. He could never get a mm-hmm. shot in. And I think that's a smart way of playing defense. Sometimes I'll tell my boys, you get five or six fouls in the on tournament. Hey, you should at least walk out with at least three. You should walk out at least mm-hmm. three or four fouls and so that lets me know you did your job. But three or four fouls in a good way, not just stupid fouls. And I think that's what they did to Grayson. They played him because they knew he's he's scary because the way he, he got the expression, because you like you say body language. I can tell from body language. He just like he was he was intimidated, and they seen it in him. They seen it in mm-hmm. him. I seen it in him. And went down, Coach Buck kept putting his ass back in the game. Definitely. Definitely. No, I, I you know, what with everything that went going on in the series, you know, you try to make adjustments, you know. Even, like, even Udoka made uh, adjustments, you know. He didn't bring back Robert Williams when he could have. He didn't, you know, he didn't stay with players that couldn't produce to Derek White. I hope for Pritchard in. Uh, I think, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you got a coach that's like, it's my way and I got to go with it, whatever, even though if it fails, I just feel like I have to stay with it because, like you said, there could have been different situations where, you know, you throw a Ibaka out there, you throw Javon out there just to see what they can give you, uh, especially like Ibaka. Ibaka is a vet, you know. You take, you take, you know, Drew off the ball, you put Javon on Marcus Smart, make it hard for him to get the passes off to somebody just because of the, you know, physicality and the 94-feet defense he wants to play. Uh, you don't have a lot of – players in the league that wants to play that way and you know it's hard to find them and when you have one you let them ride on the bench for a kid that doesn't do anything like George Hill uh, it, it's, it's a slap in the face and you know I don't know if you cut, saw that cut scene of uh, Ibaka on the bench and it's like it's bad because it's like you traded for me like it wasn't you know you asked for me and for you not to play me at all when, you know, Bobby Portis is in foul trouble. Brooke Lopez is playing nothing but drop coverage. But if you have Ibaka out there, Ibaka could get around those screens. Ibaka could, you know, guard somebody out there on the perimeter. You didn't give anything to change, you know, the way Boston sees. So when Boston was coming down, Justin Tatum and Jalen Brown, every shot was a practice shot if they got past the screen. Right. I I, I want to know why, sir. That's the question. I don't know anybody asked Coach Bud after any game or did they ask him in the post conference? Uh, post? Did they even anybody even ask him why you didn't play Serge? Because when I look at the, I, I always look at the stats. I see everybody play but Chris Middleton on Surge, and we know the reason why Chris didn't play. So why Surge didn't even touch the floor, even with the last two minutes? He didn't touch the floor. I think it's something going on within the locker room. That's why I think it is, because I just can't see you bringing on Surge onto the team and Surge not playing. Did Surge say something slick? Did him a bug get into Because I feel like it's, it's deeper than what we know. And I just feel like you, you, you have somebody who I think has the potential to – help the team, especially when Bobby were playing like shit in um, two yeah. or three of the series. You could have put him out there and Serge could have probably 
gave us like 10 points. I know Serge ain't yeah. a surge back when he was with um, OKC, but he ain't no slouch. He ain't no trash on the bench. So he ain't no um, down on um, DeAndre Jordan. So I know he could do something. So I just, it just kind of it boggles my mind that he was actually on the um, bench, did not touch the floor, but you played everybody too much, some people. Yeah, and, I, you know, for me too, I honestly feel like, you know, you put Nuara out there too. I mean, you have no shooting out there. You know, we done had two games that we lost in that series where we made three threes and four threes. And, you know, you still – you living and dying by Grayson. You living and dying by George Hill. And those guys are showing you that they are in slumps. And it's hard for me to – you know, it's different from like an AAU world where you are limited to, to what you have, but – you had those shooters. You have different players that could play in a role that, you know, like I said, with Nuara, you know, I thought he had a pretty good season with the minutes that he was getting. I think you throw him, like for me, I, I throw him in there before West and, you know, give him Chris Middleton minutes from being hurt. Uh, and I know not a lot of people see it that way with him. But, I, I mean, you got to play him at some point, or it's a waste of draft pick, you know? Right. Uh, it, it, you got to start playing these guys that you traded for, or you, you drafted, or you signed, or, you know, at the end of the day, these people that's coming to Milwaukee going to say, well, you know, Coach Bud, all he care about is Giannis, Drew, and Chris. You ain't going to get no rock, or you ain't going to get no time. We'll never get anybody in free agency because they feel like they never going to play. I mean, it, it goes back to last year uh, with Brent Forbes when he was on stage at the ceremony when he said, I hope to be a part of this again in my future. That right there let me know that he had no chance of coming back to the Bucks. We need we need something. But uh, So let's get to postseason. So what do you think? Okay, let's go. Who do you, if you the GM slash coach, let's say you can do both. The hell, sometimes we got we got Doc Rivers. He did both. Who would you not bring back? Who would you try to trade? Who would you not bring back? Uh, if if I'm the Bucks and I'm trying to change things up, I'm probably getting rid of Brook Lopez. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I'm probably getting rid of Brook Lopez. I think. With his back injury, his best days are behind him. Uh, I'll get rid of Brooke Lopez. I'll get rid of uh, George Hill. Uh, I could see them getting rid of Bobby Portis. Uh, I think wow. Bobby Portis is going to go get paid, uh, which he should. Uh, he deserves it. So I could see those three leaving. I, I could see us getting rid of Wes Matthews. Uh, I honestly, if 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 it's me, I'm getting rid of those three, and I'm probably. I mean, I don't see Javon Carter staying. Uh, but he cheap, right? He he'll be he'll be a minimum contract, but just I I believe you could find a minimum contract player that can tr- produce. Uh, on the landscape of him 
you know, the first team I'm calling, honestly, if I'm calling any teams in the post, I mean, off season, I'm, I'm calling uh, the Utah Jazz about Jordan Clarkson. Okay. All right. Okay. Whoa. I did not expect to hear you say Brooke. I really didn't. I didn't expect to hear Brooke. Really? <laughs> that that caught me off guard. I didn't expect that. Um, let me see. If I'm getting rid of somebody, I'm being honest. George Hill, Wesley Matthews, Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson. He got to go. Um, those probably the three I'm definitely uh, looking to get rid of. Um, and if I could. If I could, I don't think I would. But if I'm the GM, I'm calling Portland. I'm trying to get Dane yeah. for Drew. For Drew? Yeah. Mm. I like Dane with Drew. I do. Now I do. If we could get now if we could get if we could get Drew, Dame, Chris, and Giannis, I'm gonna get fuck who we have, man. <laughs> okay. We can have anybody. We could have anybody. We could keep we could keep Bobby Porter. We could keep man, we could if I could get them four together, oh, we got a we got a squad right there. We have a, yeah. a squad right there. So yeah. if we could trade I trade Bobby Porter. Love Bobby Porter. I know he's from fan favorite, but we could trade all of them and get on um, Dame over there. I would I would take it in a heartbeat. I definitely yeah. I definitely would pick that up in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. you may think you may take me, you may go, go like you crazy, but I don't think we could get him this year. And I know people are like, eh, not a good look, but I think with Giannis, the way Giannis plays and the way we possibly, we like to shoot so much. Um, uh, if we could pick up Russ when his contract expires. By the way he drives to the basket and kick out to the corner. That's just me. I think he'd be a good fit. We ain't gonna let him shoot threes, but I like his aggressiveness and to kick it out to the corner. And I think lethal shooter need to um definitely need to train on Giannis in the offseason for three pointers. Yeah, see, so I got mixed feelings on that, honestly. On what? Uh I'll I'll probably wouldn't make the rest trade. Uh, oh, I didn't say make a trade. I said pick him up when his after next year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When his yeah. contract, Russ ain't gonna get no big contract no more. So Russ will get between five and ten million a year. He gonna yeah. get that because of who he is right now. He may get right around that. So I say pick him up in his offseason. Not make a trade because I love Russ. Russ is my second favorite player of all time. Everybody knows this. Giannis third, but Giannis about to take that number two spot. But yeah. he played shitty this year. But it's just who he played with as well. I think he's still gonna be effective for a team. But I want. That forty-seven million dollars? No, I'm not. We ain't trading nobody for that. I'm yeah, I, it's like so for me. And oh, and I, I, I was saying I didn't really agree. I don't want Giannis shooting as much as that. Like I don't want him to get a lethal jump shot or anything like that. I want him to continue to be, you know, that mid-range working on that game because I don't want to take away his physicalness of getting downhill uh, by shooting more. Uh, okay. I I think he he has a special, very very special gift of being so mobile and getting downhill. Uh, like I said, if if Giannis does what Giannis has been doing every off season, his jump shot is going to get a lot better next season with the full off season to work on it. And you know, Giannis always going to put in that time. Uh, so though though that that's. I don't know. Like I like Jordan Clarkson. Okay. You know, to come in off of that role. 
you know, if you if you are saying to get it starting to, you know, honestly, like I said, with, with us losing Brooke Lopez, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be mad if they go after DeAndre Aiden. Uh, okay. With him being an unrestricted free agent. Matt, I thought you almost uh, said DeAndre Jordan. I about to hang up the phone on you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I like Aiden. You know, he, he changes some things for us. And if, you know, depending on what Seth Curry contract is, if he is a free agent, I can't, but I don't know if he is this season. Uh, but, you know, put some real shooters that has proven that they'll shoot in games. Like Grayson Allen is a fake, you know, to me. Nah. He he let us believe during that Chicago Bulls season uh, series that he was ready, and you know they said it. I saw a stat today; he had thirty-five points through this uh, Boston series. That is absolutely horrible. That's exact. I don't want to even talk. Grayson need to be gone. I'm gonna talk. Grayson, need, I'm gonna tell you who could go with Grayson. Coach Bud, I'm honest. I've been saying I've been saying fire Coach Bud for the last three years. You probably even seen my story. How many times I said fire Coach Bud? I said yeah. it last year. I said it a year before. I think he's a horrible coach. He almost on the same level to me as a Doc Doc Rivers. Only thing different is he he lucky he won a ring with um with Giannis. But him and Doc Rivers like my two least favorite coaches in the NBA right now. And people, I think I'm crazy about this. I said we take Frank Vogel. Because like Frank Vogel, yes, I like his defense. I like him as a coach. I think it was a bad fit with the Lakers. People try to blame him. And a lot of people say, "Oh, um, he didn't win the ring. It was really the um bubble." But the bubble don't count. We ain't worrying about the bubble. It was stuck in the bubble. But I feel like Frank Vogel is a good coach, and I think he would just dealt a bad hand when they chose your team. See, he needed to come here. Well, you need to have a coach that have say so. He didn't have no say so in L.A. Yeah, you know who I honestly, if the Bucks did replace. But who I keep it in house. I like Darvin Ham. Okay, the assistant coach, the one that um the Lakers interview. Yeah, I like Darvin Ham. He a former Buck. Uh, back when I was going to the games, he was a Buck. Uh, and he 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 knows how to uh get to them guys. You know, get to his team. I think they said yesterday when the Bucks did go on that little run or whatever before uh. Bud talked to him. He came over there and rallied them up and, you know, got in their face, said some personal things to them and let them know, chin-checked them and, you know, put them all out there. But, you know, I, for Coach Bud, I thought the worst thing that happened was him winning that ring because the Bucks was going to keep him for at least another year. Yep. Uh, I, like, I, I don't see Coach Bud getting fired un unless we have a slow start next year. And, you know, for me, I'm not a big fan of interim coaches because it's like a sitting duck the whole time uh, right. to me. Uh, but, I, you but, know, I feel like we just – this got to be a big offseason for us. If you – let me ask you a question. You think Giannis went into the front office and complained about Bud, you think they let him go? Definitely. But I don't think Giannis will do that. Do you think Giannis like Bud? I do. I do. Because I don't think there's another coach that would, you know, allow 
Giannis to shoot as much. I think I think most coaches watching Giannis will want Giannis to continue attacking, and Bud hasn't stopped Giannis from shooting threes. He's comfortable with him shooting threes. There's there's no ill will to him shooting threes at all. Uh, so I think you know, and then you know. Giannis got him right after J- Jason Kidd and the foundation that he had with Jason Kidd, uh, but kind of changed it and matured him. Uh, I feel like Giannis is, oh, well, I know you said we'll get to that later, so I'll leave that. No, 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 you go. But we, what would you think, Giannis? But go ahead. Oh, I, I just think Giannis is like one of the most. Oh, yeah, I know. Superstar. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but I appreciate it. We about to yeah. get to that. My last thing I want to say: Did Giannis and uh, Jason Kidd get along? Mm-hmm. I, I I heard I heard that a good relationship, and I heard he was kind of interested in him coming back. That's what that was the rumors was going around, and but then some other report the other day was making it seem like Giannis and Jason Kidd didn't get along. So I didn't know. I knew the, I know the uh, front office didn't like Jason Kidd. I knew that. Yeah, I don't think Jason Kidd was ready, just like Steve Nash isn't ready. Okay. I think Jason Kidd is ready now, and he's proven that he's ready now with the development of what he did sitting on that Lakers bench with Frank Vogel. Uh, And people's really not giving Vogel that credit of, you know, kind of maturing Jason Kidd because at the end of the day, you know, you take a point guard that's been, the, you know, everybody say the best IQ, like a Steve Nash, for whatever it is, coaching should be easy for him and it turned out that it wasn't as easy as he thought it would be and him sitting down you know he humbled himself enough to be an assistant coach uh and i think it's uh making wonders uh with him in dallas uh i mean luca is a generational talent uh so it's good to always have one of those guys on your team right right so the final thing we want, I want to talk about is the appreciation for Giannis and what he has done this season and as a player. So how do you feel about Giannis overall? Do you believe what they are saying right now, he the best player in the world, um, or do you think it's still LeBron or KD? So with me, I, I, I do believe uh, he's in that conversation. I got him one. But I got KD like one B and a half. Like I, I still believe KD is that guy. I think they both have overtaken LeBron. Uh, and I think what makes uh, Giannis number one is because he is so likable. Uh, he took a city that you know haven't been good since you know I always say it, the original big three. Uh, Big Dog, Sam Cassell, and Ray Allen. They haven't been good since then. He took a city that was, you know, going through some of the darkest times in the city uh, and made Milwaukee people to be happy, uh, Wisconsin people to be happy. You know, for the longest time, it's always been about Green Bay Packers. uh, And I live it. You know, I'm a Packer fan too. Uh, But for Giannis, you know, a guy that came from Greece, you know, you see all those videos and, you know, 
it's just he's the reason why you know you aspire to be a coach in this thing is he makes basketball like what you want to tell all these it's fun you know it's a game it's 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 you know it's a job for him but he likes to have fun with it and you know he doesn't take it home he's so humble and you know milwaukee is so lucky to have him uh and i i just pray that he retires a buck uh to you know shut all these big market guys up like Stephen a smith and everybody that feel like it can't be done in a small market i just pray that he always stays there uh and finish his career in one city like the dark Nowinskis of the world and you know the few players that decided to do it their way uh and i feel like he's doing it his way i feel like why i feel like young's going to retire but i don't think he's leaving um i was impressed when i seen the stat from this series against the boston celtics which to me, has proven that he is the best player in the world when he was the only first player with 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a series. Mm-hmm. Nobody, LeBron didn't do that. Kevin didn't do that. Jordan didn't do that. Larry Bird didn't do that. Charles Barkley didn't do that. Kobe Bryant, none of them did it. He's the first player. And they let you know how dominant he is in. I, I'm a little bit, I disagree with you on one little thing. I think he do need to work on his shooting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think he need to, because I want him to be a little bit more consistent, but I don't want him to take away from being dominant, get into the um, rim easy, easily. But mm-hmm. I think he is going to work on that because I think lethal shoot, shooter is going to kind of, con- they go find some way to contact them because he do need to work on his jump shot a little bit. I feel like he needs to work on it a little bit and get him a little bit more consistent. But I think he has improved so much from his rookie season to now. Improved a hell of a lot from his rookie mm-hmm. season to now. And I love him as a player off court, on court. I love how humble he is. I like his press conference. Um, it's just like I. It's hard for if you don't like Giannis, then I think you just got an issue. It's just you, you got personal problems if you don't yeah. like Giannis because Giannis doesn't do anything for to make people dislike him. And if you mm-hmm. dislike that man for no reason, just dislike him because he played for the Milwaukee Bucks or just because it's not your favorite player, then you got an issue because you have people have reason why they like dislike KD. They have di- mm-hmm. reason why they dislike LeBron. They have reason why they dislike Westbrook. They have reason why they dislike Chris Paul. Is because they do, they do certain things that piss certain people off, but you'll never see Giannis doing in this. And I I really appreciate him because. I have became a huge fan. I, I, I was a fan over the years, but I became a huge friend, fan as the years come, as they came. And I think, honestly, I never, I didn't have him as the best player in the world. Even right around when playoffs came around, it was still somewhat with him and KD. Then when um, Brooklyn blew, uh, old, um, blew the lead, I mean, blew the series and got swept, that tainted. Um, KD, that now to number two, and I felt like what Giannis proved is you took the Boston Celtics to a game seven when you didn't have your second leader score, even though y'all didn't win because your role players were pretty trash. Um, you took them to a game seven, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't expect us to go to game seven. I was already kind of felt like Boston was gonna take the series, but I felt like Mm -hmm. we will get possibly two wins. 
I didn't think we were mm-hmm. going to get three. I felt like two. I said, hey, maybe one, because I felt like Boston was, the, to me, is the toughest team that was left in the playoffs, in my opinion. They were the toughest team left to go against. I felt like whoever won this series go win it all. But now, I'm yeah. be honest, I'm not cheering for them because I don't want Jason Tatum to get a ring. I want, I want the West to get it because I want us to bounce back next year and bring the, bring, bring the championship back to the Eastern Conference. So I want us to mm-hmm. hold on to that. And so originally I did want Boston, but now, honestly, right now, I want Golden State. I want to see Steph Curry continue to build on his legacy a little bit. Just going to build it until next year when we fully healthy and then we come back. So yeah. I appreciate everything Giannis did as a player. I know he was exhausted and he played his butt off. And a lot of people was complaining why he wasn't so aggressive on uh, in game seven. Because if he was aggressive on jump street, he wouldn't he would have been too tired by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So he had I think to- he did it the right way that first quarter. I think him almost having a triple double, giving but try to get his role players in a rhythm. Uh and it just didn't keep it going. I mean, that's probably one of the best post. I mean, after first quarter interviews, Bud had always that finally said when he just was like, you know, I just want us to continue doing what we're doing. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's short and simple, and that's really what they, the Bucks needed to do is have three quarters of it, and it just didn't happen. Right, right. Well, that's my. I got my. I, I just I'm I'm looking forward to next season. I I know I know we got to make some changes. We cannot come back with the same roster next year, and cause we'll end up doing. I'm not gonna say we'll end up because if we don't get if Chris don't get hurt, we probably playing against Miami right now. We be playing against Miami yeah. tomorrow night. So I don't think I think if Chris was there, we would be playing against Miami tomorrow. So we wouldn't it wouldn't we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now. But I still think we need to get some better shooters, like you said, Jordan Clarkson. I believe we do need to um let some people. Get rid of some people, trade some people. We let if Wesley Matthews leave. We do not need to bring him back. This need to, there's no there's no run though. We're not doing a third um three around. It's done. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't know he was from Milwaukee. I didn't know all that, but I just don't think he's a good fit for us. Is he inconsistent? So we just gotta let go of some people. And I think they need to have a conversation with Giannis. I think Giannis need to be part of this conversation about who he like, who he wants, and stuff like that. Because this is your star player and stuff like that. You need to take. You need to hear his opinions on stuff. And if he come in and say he want Bud gone, please have me at the meeting with you, Giannis, because I want to be in there when you say Bud gone, because I want to agree with you. I want to do this <laughs> when you say that out loud. Definitely. All right, man, Coach AD, I appreciate having you on. We got to discuss the Milwaukee Buzz, and we definitely got to do this again. Um, I want to have you on. I actually, I want to um, get you on a shot for the dude with um, Keith from, uh, on the radar. He gonna be on the show with me, and he probably come and do on um, do show with me. We probably talk about on uh, AAU and how we feel about Shit. that. And I'll be there. I want I want to do one. I want I want to get one where I can talk about because I got a lot I want to say about AAU and my take on it. And I, it's not everything. It's mostly negative than positive. I'm gonna be honest on that. <laughs> how I feel about AAU and um the dynamic of it. Um, but hey, coach, tell everybody how they can find you and watch your team and everything. All right. If you're looking for me, I'm on Twitter, Coach underscore AD24, uh, Hypehawks. Uh, that's my page, too. Or you can find me on Instagram, Coach underscore AD24. Uh, feel free to contact me for anything, any advice. Uh, like Coach D said, you know, this is my passion. So. Uh, we trying to get these kids onto that next level, and you know, talking about sports. Uh, that's what we do. 
All right, well, Coach AD, I appreciate having you on my show. This is DT Unfiltered Uncensored. You can follow me on social media, everybody. I have my uh, podcast on uh, Instagram, DT underscore Unfiltered Uncensored. I have my music page, Living, Living Legends ENT Music. That's Living Without the G, Legends ENT Music. And you can also follow my AAU page, that's Daytoven, like the um, producer, underscore. I don't know. Is it Zaytoven Elite? Is it underscore? No, I think it's underscore. I don't remember. Hell, I, I got so I many. I think it's Zaytoven Elite. Zaytoven Elite, yeah. Zaytoven Elite. So you can follow us on everything. He know my damn thing. I, I, I got so many pages and stuff like that. Hey, also, <laughs> if you listen to me now, please go check out my mixtape. I dropped today, May the 16th. It's on all streaming platforms. Yeah, it, it, it got some um, amazing independent artists in the state of Georgia. And everybody who heard it so far gave me great reviews on it. They love it. And so some people thought I was rapping on it. I said, no, I'm not rapping. I just produced it. But um, Coach AD, I appreciate it. We're going to definitely have to do this again. Um, definitely with a uh, panel of guys, and we're going to talk about AAU and sports. And I appreciate you joining me on the show today. Yes, sir. All right, y'all, this DT Unfiltered, Uncensored. You probably hear this podcast all on uh, anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And also, you could check me every Saturday at 6 a.m. or 7 p.m. on the Block 105 radio. My show is streamed. It's our show. Definitely check me out. Y'all have a good evening. See y'all soon. You have just now listened to the most talked about podcast in the country. DT Unfiltered Uncensored. Thank you for tuning in and see you next time. Damn.